The traditional build, it was a 16-month build. They were handing over in the first 17 units. They had people moving in in five months, and they got several million dollars back from those first units. You are listening to the Property Developer Podcast, your home for tips, ideas, and inspiration to help take your developing to the next level. Now, here's your host, Justin Getty. Hello, and welcome to the Property Developer Podcast. As always, it's great to have you with me. How's everything going with your project? On track? Problems being solved? Sales being made? I hope so for you. I've got a really interesting show for you, a discussion I've been wanting to have for ages. It is about how prefabrication or panelization might be able to help you complete a project faster. Before we get to that, here's a quick update on my projects. The 20 townhouse project is ticking away, no major issues to solve at the moment. The exteriors of the front townhouses are just about done and I expect the scaffolding to come down in the next few days or so. And the brickwork is just about done across the whole site, something that has been going on for probably seven months. And some of the early internal fixing has started. At the rear, the kitchen cabinetry is being completed and the flooring is being laid. It won't be too long before they are basically finished. And then I want to try and get the back 10 townhouses off to the titles office so they are ready to settle. This may mean a staged handover of properties for the project, but I still have to confirm whether this is actually possible. With the new project, we are finalising the town planning package, all the drawings are done, various reports have been completed, and now the town planner is drafting his report. I expect we'll be lodging with the council in the next week or so, and then we'll see how the council reacts to our proposal. So, on to our guest for today, Peter Ward from Druin West Timber and Trusses. This is an interesting discussion about prefabrication or panelization, which, simply put, means producing large sections of the building in a factory and then bolting it all together on site. I see real opportunities for property developers to speed up their time to completion by using panelization techniques, because, as you know, it is not until the project is finished that the developer gets paid. So the sooner you can get across the finish line, the better. I am currently exploring whether we may be able to use panelization for our next build. In this conversation with Peter, we talk about how you define prefabrication or panelization, when it can be used, and some of the benefits of going down that path for construction. I hope you find it thought-provoking and interesting. I started off by asking Peter what food he would eat until he was sick. Seafood. (laughs) Seafood, yeah, I love seafood. Any particular type? Oh, like all of it, but um, you know, oysters, you know, um, any shellfish. I do, I do like. You're not supposed to have too much of it, but uh, but uh, you know, I've discovered in recent times the uh, Alaskan king crab, and that's uh, that's uh, really good. But uh, lobster's not bad. Either. Yeah, I had actually had a previous guest on the show who said lobster was his was his favourite. <laughs> yeah, I just had a week in America, and basically it was steak and steak and seafood over there was a staple down in. Um, in Tennessee, at, uh, at, uh, yeah, the surf and turf, I think we call it here. But it, you know, the steaks nearly always come out for great big two lobster tails on it. I thought that was that was it. But I've had uh, both enough red meat and um, and crustacean to last me for a month. So I'm, I'm, I'm banning it for a little while. Yeah, I think I've said on a previous episode that my brother-in-law also is a big fan of seafood, and he once ate 100 oysters at a seafood buffet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it normally normally a dozen would do me. But yeah, uh, <laughs> he said he felt pretty sick after that, and he's never eaten that many again. No, no, well, I think that's it. He'd have a new world record there. <laughs> okay, so Peter, we're here today to talk about prefabrication or 
kind yeah. of what I would call prefabrication, I guess, and we'll discuss what your yeah. definition of that or how we sort of talk about pre, uh, yeah. prefab. But can you tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got into a sort of construction-type oh, business? Right. Um, well, I'm a third-generation sawmiller as such, so uh, we have a long family history in the sawmilling uh, game, but um, probably my grandfather got into it by default, bought a fair-sized parcel of land in country Victoria when he was a young bloke, and, um, and to become a farmer he needed to clear a fair bit of the, of the bush, so they... Um, they said by default they were clearing clearing land and, and, and milling the trees, you know, and uh, so by, you know, nothing or more than the, the aim of actually clearing land to become a farmer, he, um, he got into sawmilling and um, then discovered that there was probably more money in sawmilling, but he needed the farm to um, for the collateral. <laughs> but um, then my father got into it, and that was ranging. They were originally, that was up on the, um, well, originally was up in the New South Wales on the Dorigo uh, Plateau, and then they moved to... Uh, Victoria, and um, my father uh, then entered into it when he was about 15 or 16, I suppose. And um, so my dad and his partner were in it for for a long time. Uh, I was I went to you know went to uni and did a business degree and and um, and then some postgraduate in marketing. And I worked in the corporate world for till I was sort of early 30s and. Um, and my father um, announced, that, well, my mother actually announced one Christmas when I was home. I was actually in Sydney at the time uh, working and um, decided that they were going to sell the business. Dad had, had uh, some health issues and um, they were selling. We'd heard it for a number of years, my brothers and sisters and I, but no, it was, this was serious. He was selling and uh, next thing I know, I'd bought a sawmill. You know, so it wasn't handing over the silver spoon It was because you know, it, was, it was Dad and his partner. I, I bought them both out as a early 30s but it was the late 1980s and the banks would say you know you borrow money how much do you want you know and then the early 90s hit and <laughs> it was completely reversed and we had massive interest rates and things like that so I struggled for the first several years through the whole period a lot of people a lot of businesses and didn't but uh, we, we got through it and then and started to um, grow and I spent um, well, 18 20 years in um, yeah, 18 years in, in the sawmilling game so from 2007, I set about um, relaunching that trust and frame business, and um, that's a little bit of history about how we you know, how we ended up. But that's where I started to look, you know, in um, you know 2011, 2012, really started to look at you know what what can we do to grow the business, and that's where you know sort of went off on a tangent and sort of said, well, you know, we're not just going to go and try and get another client. We're going to say, well, hey, it's very tough to get another client. Normally, causes a price adjustment downward to, to do that so I thought that's not attractive you know growing for the sake of growing without increasing you know um, you know profitability or whatever else is, is means very little um, and yeah so I started that's when I normally well that's where it initially started my thinking about you know more prefab more panelization more doing more to the house you know adding adding value and that's where we entered into that you know initial research stage of well how do we do that you know. And so, when we're talking prefab or panelisation, yeah. give us a bit of an understanding of, <laughs> of what we're actually talking about and what it means. Okay, so everybody's probably got a bit, of, a little bit different definition. You know, my my definition, or probably like, which I think would be in line with the the basic frame and truss industry, um, is you know prefab is traditionally is 
three major pro products. You know, your, your, your roof truss, uh, which is an engineered, you know, off-site manufactured product. Uh, many years ago, they would they would you know hand pitch the roof. Um, you know, trusses and frames came in. Then it was lightweight engineered construction. You know, bigger spans. You could you know you'd able to build um, you know open plan houses and things like that, which you couldn't do when you were sort of trying to you know hand pitch a roof and needed supporting walls to carry everything. So yeah, so that was the first advent of into 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 prefab was roof trusses. From there, then wall frames, then then became the next sort of major target area. You know, in the in the industry, it was obviously you know traditionally stick built on site. You know, so you know the hardware store, the timber and hardware store would deliver the builder packs of timber, and he would he would cut them up and make the frames and build the you know build the frames uh, on site, commonly referred to as stick framing. Prefab walls is we basically build them in a factory, you know, on a on a on a on a line or on a table, and, and they're you know they're designed as if you like um, breaking it down into walls, and and um, and they're prefabricated and delivered to site um, and stood up on site. You know? And then you have the other product, which is growing uh, market, smaller blocks, more double story houses. You have a you know the first floor, first floor elements. So you get into then um, either you know floor trusses, high beams, or or you know common you know posies, you know that type of that type of thing. We actually manufacture you know an equivalent to a posy, but we use a timber web, open web, uh, long reach you know um, floor truss that allows you know services to go through, and normally they're delivered you know. To a floor design of the of the building, and the and the, traditionally the builder would you know install them on site. So we would be a supply scenario. So it'd be prefabricated in the factory, supply only to site, uh, and that's the that's the traditional prefab market as we would know in Victoria or probably in Australia. Yeah. The panelisation is what you know the, the differentiating thing there, as I see, is that. Um, is um, being able to take those products and look at them and say, well, you know, how do we do? How do we do more? How do we add value? Um, and uh, so, panelisation with the roof truss, basically, there's an opportunity in the future. There would be a roof panel, so that that um, it might not even incorporate a roof truss, but it'd be a panel scenario where you could drop the drop the roof on and basically get the house to you know being watertight in a very short period of time. We're exploring those avenues, you know, as we speak. Um, but where we ended was saying, well, the floor, the floor cassette panel. So normally it's at long reach floor trusses or posies delivered to site, build or install, and they would then install them, then lay down the floor, and maybe you know two to three days get the floor system in and, and working at heights on standing on floor joist rather putting the floor in. We looked at the OHS issues um, and you know the value proposition and said, well, why don't we why don't we uh, look at that and saying, well. Hey, we're delivering it as a block. The builders putting them out, you know, putting them on the site. Why don't we build them as a panel? Um, that that had been happening in um, you know the Europe and Scandinavian countries, and also had seen it happening in Canada and America. Um, in in you know, starting to really take off as a, um, as a as a floor panel or a floor cassette. And so we got we got into that, and we said, well, you know, okay, that's that's great, you know, that's a you know, that's initial product that value. Um, we, you, know, you can have a working structural platform in in a, in a you know, the house down in a couple of hours. So in a double story house, in the same day, you could be start you know, start in reality standing up your, your walls, you know, like your upper walls, and keep the, keep the project going, uh, reduce time. Um, and that then led us to saying, well, if we're doing the floor cassettes, then the walls. Um, as I said, traditionally a prefab wall, just a timber framed wall, fabricated into a you know a length and a you know a height um, 
in one way sort of like a panel, um, you know, but um, but open. We thought, well, the next stage would be, well, you know, why can't we put the um, external external cladding in, put the window in, have the external cladding on, and actually get the house to lock up. So. We did a fair bit of market research and found that you know the lock-up stage was a critical stage for the builder. At that stage, normally in a progress payment scenario, you would get 65% of the, the payment. And we thought, well, gee, if we can reduce that to saying that, um, you know, from if he gives us a concrete slab or a, or a site level, then we can put a you know either a, you know onto a concrete slab or a, or our own floor system in a ground level or first floor, and we can get that house ready for the roof to go on within inside a week. Then um, potentially he's got the ability to be able to uh, get his progress payment for lockup, 65% of the house in a very short period of time. You know, reduced to days instead of several weeks, and uh, that that ends, uh, reduces the overall construction time because once he's got the roof on and he's watertight. All the services go in. He's not governed by the weather. You know, something could be happening every day, and, and re- even further reduces build time. So that's my sort of, you know, sort of definition. Of what I would say is is, is taking prefab to panelisation. You know, and, and, and initially, um, as I said, we're targeting to get the house to lock up um, so that it's watertight and you know, progression can go on. Ultimately, um, our system does allow us to look at, and we have done a prototype in even doing a closed panel wall, which has got then, you know, the plumbing, the electrical, the insulation, and even the plaster on an internal wall. But that is a, we see that as stage two or the next generation of, uh, you know, of housing, and, and uh, you know, it's what we've done. We have done some prototype development, but we, we do see from the from the builder, the developer, and the, and the project sort of scenario is that you know that lockup seems to be a you know a critical stage, um, and you know, if you can reduce that to a few days, then then um, I think that's where you eliminate you know the whole structural element of the house is done. The rest of it is in some ways cosmetic, you know, um, because you've got the structural element of the house up and. Um, and uh, secure from weather. And, and yeah, I think it took us eight months to get our back townhouses to that stage eight months, in yeah. the current project. So yeah. a, a no, couple well, of weeks would be pretty amazing. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, the, the fifty-nine unit one we did at Craigburn just recently. We were achieving, um, you know, lock up in the unit about every two to three days. Yeah, so, yeah. so I'm picturing in a sort of basic way: your four walls, the doors in, the windows in. Yep. You've got some kind of external cladding around the ground floor, the upper yep. floor, roof on. Yes. Yep. In a couple of days. Yes, yeah. Normally we, um, well, we did, you know, our first project was a small house, you know, down down the, the beach area, but uh, single storey, but we had we had a, you know, had a tiled roof on, um, and uh, they would book the, the tiling roofing company guys to come in and do it on day five so on day five they had the roof on all the external walls were clad with um, you know a weatherboard type cladding windows in there as well so you know so structurally the guy could lock the door and um, it was at locker so it was watertight and just you know the trades all the following trades just rolled in you know so once it's like that you know um you know, plumbers, electricians, plaster goes in, painting, you know, sort of thing. That was it happened, you know, re- you know, really quickly. And they can they completed that house in about you know six, six seven weeks. It was just you know sort of phenomenal because he had it just lined up and he had to move in. <laughs> His brother was moving into the house, so it was sort of a, a joint sort of um, a joint sort of effort. But yeah, you know, they it's, were. It's, it's pretty incredible the timing. So yes. Can you tell us how does it work in with? A developer working with a builder and a designer. Yeah. How, how does that sort of holy trinity work together? Yeah, it's um, 
that's a, that's a bit of a challenge, right? It, 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 it is. And obviously, um, you know, from a developer's point of view, if he, you know, from the developer's point of view, I would see that the key element there is that he would like to see the you'd see the, the development built as quickly as possible so he can hand it over, receive his money and, and get the tenants in and, and, um, and it be becoming a paying uh, venture. You know? So, so we, you know, we identify that the same as the builder. Obviously, if the builder can build quicker, he then uh, gets paid quicker. Also, he actually can build more. So he actually has the ability to increase his profitability of his total business because if it takes him... You know, eight months to build something, and we can we can have it. Well, he should be able to do two, because provided he's got the, the next job to go to, um, uh, then then he can increase his profitability, you know, substantially. That's sometimes a challenge, con- convincing the builder of that. Um, and with the developer, you know, normally the developer will develop a project, work in with his architect and everything, get the whole thing designed, and then possibly go to tender, you know, and call for you know, two or three builders to to quote on the job. And we've had that experience where we've sold the concept to the, to the, to the developer and he's very keen on it, but when he goes to the builder, the builder sort of says, well, oh, I've, I've priced it at this price or whatever else and I've got my own trades and things like that. So you then can potentially get back into a, the whole negotiating thing all over again and trying to sell the concept to the builder again. Yeah. So we are, you know, Drew and West is, is not the builder as such. We, we, we really try and work in with the builder. We don't. We don't want to be the builder. We want to work, you know, with the builder as a major, you know, subcontractor to the builder, and sell the benefits to him. Then to sell them. But if it's, you know, the best way it works is usually when it's the developer, the builder is already chosen, and we actually, you know, in ourselves, and we work in. We have before even town planning it, it is the ideal scenario because we can have input into into such things as the claddings chosen uh, because you know our, our system works you know um, well you know very well with some claddings and others not so well so we would say you know in the James Hardy type product range we'd say well don't don't use linear weatherboards use Stria you know because we can install Stria on our automated um, line you know very efficiently whereas the Stria is 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 uh, sorry the uh, linear the weatherboard um, is a product that um, you would say that is, we can do it more efficiently, most likely than being on the second story of some scaffolding on site where you're trying to fit it. But it's still a manual operation in the factory off the main line, so you don't, you know, neither party reaps the full benefits of an automated line to be able to, to do things. So, so we try and influence, you know, we'll have some input into the type of you know uh, products and claddings chosen, um, and that that then benefits everybody in the fact that um, you know. You know, sometimes people will put window heights in at you know 1180 off the off the off the floor, and we say, well, you know, most sheeting products are 1200 or whatever else as well. So, so you know, move the window up 20 mil, and you're not cutting a little piece. It's not being cut off, thrown away, going to landfill, waste, etc., etc. So there's there's a whole lot of things that can be engaged. And the other aspect of it is, is you know, our flooring system. Sometimes you know, there's in a number of developments, you can end up with a fair bit of steel work. You know, um, uh, and um, we try and work with you know we try and work with the you know the engineer and, and say well hey um, no if we design the floor system this way we don't need that steel work or we don't need those big heavy beams we can design a floor our floor system that can carry the loads or carry the upper story um, you know load bearing wall and and eliminate and eliminate steel work which is reduces cost and normally shouldn't say this but it's normally the one of the things that really is a hassle on site you know is the steel work you know um, and so we try and we try and engineer it out. 
um, wherever possible. Sometimes, from an economic point of view, you just can't. But but most of the times, on most of the projects, we've been able to reduce it significantly, and and that that allows us to speed up our process. We're not waiting on a third party to come in and and do steel work. You know. Um, yeah. Well, I know um, I'm getting you guys to have a look at our yep. design for our next project to see if it might be possible to uh, to use the system. So it'll be interesting yep. to see what feedback we get. Yep. I just wanted to go back and talk about some of the objections maybe that you get from builders and architects and how maybe they, you can overcome um, those or perhaps yeah. preempt them and yeah. as a developer maybe soften, <laughs> soften, soften, up, soften up your team a little bit. Yeah, it, it's, it, it is basically... We've found that, you know, in all due respect, all the builders, they're, they're very, you know, conservative lot. You really, you know, like this is a new system. Uh, a lot of the builders in the early days would say, yeah, look, we know it's the future, hence our name, future, and fit, you know, but always, the, the, all our research came back, yes, it's, that's the future, that's the way it's going, we know, uh, but, you know, does it work, does it fit, you know, will it all go together? So, you know, that's where our future fit name came from because it just kept coming back at us, bouncing back to us in all our research. But, the, um, but then the builders are... Um, are con- you know, are conservative, you know? and um, they've got traditional building methods. Um, yeah, this. So it's it, it has presented a little bit of a you know a, a challenge to, to sell the concept. But when, once we've found that the builder is, has used it or the developer has used the system, I mean they're hooked on it. You know, and, and you know so you know every client that we've done a project for is has been a repeat client you know, for us, and uh, and uh, so that's that's probably the best testimony we can get. Sometimes difficult to get around the, you know, the aspect of, okay, they just want to compare our roof truss, our wall frame and our floor system to that stage. And they say, oh, but okay, you're, 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 you're more expensive or you're too... You know, you're, you're, and we say, yes, but the fact that if we reduce time significantly, then you know, your, supervi- your supervisor on site that you might have there for eight months, he's only there for four months, or how much saving do you have? And so then he can go to the next project. You've got perimeter you know, um, security fencing all around your project. Well, if your project finishes four months earlier, or you get the lock-up months earlier, then that, that perimeter fencing can go. So you haven't either got, whether you own it or you, or you, um, or you hire it, you've got a cost. Um, you know, you clean up. Um, you know, a study in the, in, the, in the states with the you know with the panelisation offsite manufacturer just proven that um, you know there's up to thirty times more waste on site when you conventionally build versus a prefab build. So that's landfill. It's you know to a builder, it's cost. You know, these days I know I'm paying one hundred and ten dollars per cubic meter to get rid of waste. Yeah? Um, there's, uh, and which is another OHS issue. Another I mean, OHS issue. Yes, pieces yeah. around the site. Yes, right. Our yeah. development yeah. site at the moment is reasonably clean, but yeah, yeah there's keeping it clean and everything else everywhere. Well. And yeah, that's rubbish, right. All sorts yeah, of so if you get, and you know, not to mention theft. You know, if it's all stick, you know, if it's all delivered in, 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 in individual form, then you've got the real risk of theft, which is an increasing problem that all builders are telling us about. You know that you know they deliver one day and come back to for the. For the you know the chippies and that start tomorrow and they say where's the timber and it's you know well it was there yesterday well it's not there today it's gone you know and um, so uh, and then not and the other aspects of it it's just the time to construct you know um, and um, again that study that talked about waste in, in the American study uh, it also identified that they built two identical houses one conventional build right next door they built a panelised build it took two and a half times time to build the house um, conventionally than it did in a panelised house. So they said, you know, basically by definition, you can build two and a half houses in the time that it takes you to build one. 
So, so there's some very, you know, you know intrinsic benefits in, uh, in the system, getting your head around it and looking at it as a holistic project rather than actually to a lock-up stage project or to any other stage project or just, oh, the roof truss components, your roof trusses are $50, $100 or $500 dearer than somebody else's. But, you know, hang on a minute. Um, you know, where the total system and the total package, you complete quicker, you get onto the next project, whereas where you make your next lot of profitability and you've, and, you've, and, and, and time is money, you know, and that's what that's what we hang our hat on. Our time is, is, is money, and if you... If you can value the time aspect, uh, then it, it comes back very, you know, very quickly. Yeah. All right. So we've softened, we've softened up the builder. What yes. about the the architect or the designer? And they yeah. get a little yeah. bit yeah, uh, no. funny about. Yeah, that's right. Pinging well, on their uh, their design sensibilities. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I have uh, my eldest daughter is an architect, so I live with that that, that problem every day. I, you know, I um, I think there's you know a few definitions that you know um, that. Uh, you know, like the, our, my design team, we've got a ten-man design team that are you know designers and engineers and and, and that on board with us, and and, and uh, they were constantly sort of saying, you know, that, you know, the architects draw magnificent pictures on paper and uh, lines everywhere and different you know angles and different things. You know, we've, we've then got to work out how the heck do we make it stand up and structurally sound. So that's a you know that's a constant um, scenario. But I think that you know um, again, it, it is a changing trend. They've been doing this. They've been doing this in the Scandinavian countries for 30 years because of you know the climatic conditions. You know you only got a very short window of opportunity to be on site because it's 30 degrees below and you know 10 foot of snow or something. But, uh, but so they've been doing it. I think you know um, I think that uh, architects are now realising that they need to you know like, they should work with the system. Um, it's 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 the way of the I think it's the way of the future. Affordability of housing and construction now is is, is got to a stage where it's you know it's unaffordable to a lot of people, uh, which is a you know a dangerous uh, you know scenario. Um, and um, so I think that you know our system if it can shorten the build time, there is either opportunities to reduce the cost or to increase profitability. You know, like I mean that's up to up to the you know the developer to, ch- to choose to you know where he might be or the you know, or the builder, but um, and to the architect, um, well I think that there's there's opportunities. We've you know there's some you know we've built um, you know some quite um, you know I would say um, you know some quite well designed um, uh, units and developments. There's certain things that you can do. I mean huge big cantilevers and things like that by by its very nature introduce you know a heap of, of, of Steel work and things like that, you know, look good once on. But uh, there's other designs that you can say, hey, work with the system. You know, scaffolding, OH and S. You know, having to, you know, um, you know, if, if I think if the builder or the architect can work in with the system and find, you know, more affordable ways of building, building a structure, I think, you know, and be at the forefront of that technology, then, you know, I think it's, you know incumbent on him to take that back to his clients and his developers to say, well, you know, here's a better way of doing it, you know, like, uh, and um, this can speed the process, can, you know, can potentially reduce costs or increase profitability, I would think that that architect, you know, would, um, would be in a pretty good space, you know, with his, <laughs> with his clients to be able to deliver something like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I've been trying to soften up the builder and the architect at the moment about perhaps uh, going yeah. down a, a, a panelisation yeah. System, so we'll see how yeah. we go. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking, obviously something that's got fairly straight lines, a kind of box or a rectangular, yeah. you know, very simplistic way type of build. Obviously, 
I would mm. assume, yes. would work quite is well. Ideally, is that correct? Yes, yes. ideally, you know, we won't refer to the box-on-box scenario, but yeah, but but basically, um, if you look at you know most developments in the you know in the you know the medium density housing area apartment things, they they, they basically are either you know two or three story type um, you know structures that are that are uh, are you know rectangular in shape. You know? um, that that type of thing where you've got uh, you know a number of you know, similar units, you know, might have different facades, you know, like claddings and things like that. But the basically the, the, the structure or the design internally is is, is is similar. You get some benefits from you know standardisation, you know, being able to repeatability um, rather than designing an individual house where you have to spend an inordinate amount of time because. In our structure, we need to design everything up front. We need to think of everything before we go, you know, to site. Um, and uh, it's not a matter of... And, and, and therefore, you know, so there's a lot of time involved at the front end in, in designing it before we go to site. Um, but, you know, we've been now doing that for the best part of three years and we've got, you know, I believe we've got quite good at it. And then um, we have, you know... Um, and it works, you know, quite successfully. Um, but, uh, you know, so it's... And what kind of projects or what kind of builds wouldn't be suitable? Would be or wouldn't? Wouldn't. wouldn't. Um, well, it's interesting. When we first started, we said, well, you know, you were looking for projects, so you would sort of say, we sit there thinking, you know, what's the ideal project or waiting for it to come along? You think, well, so I used to say to our design team, it's never going to come. <laughs> you've, sort of, you know, you've got to sort of say, so we've done, we've done individual small single-storey beach houses down the coast. We've done, you know, some... We've done some, you know, double-storey townhouse scenarios where they're three quarters of them a brick, and it's got a little bit of cladding on, you know, in some cases on, you know, half of the upper storey, you know, like, um, and then, um, and then the ideal project is, is where if you, and there seems, you know, more and more of a trend to moving away to lightweight um, exterior claddings, away from brickwork, you know, the, you know, like in essence, if the person wants a, you know, a brick-clad house, then you know, our full panelised uh, system is not ideal. You know, I mean, there's no, there's no advantage as such. You know? It's uh, if, if the person can move away from that thinking and say that, um, um, you know, if, it, you know, like there's a lot of houses that get, that get bricked and then they're, then they're rendered. So you've got a rendered, you know, sort of monolithic, you know, sort of building and think, well, you know, why does it have to be, A, why does it have to be brick in the first place? You know, there's lightweight claddings, um, you know the EPS. Um, you know, uh, you know we, we use and recommend a master wall system, which is um, uh, you know is, is fantastic thermally. You know, you know you, you, a brickwork facade, a brick veneer scenario, you get a 0.5 of an R rating. You know, R rating out of a, a brick veneer sort of house. You know, you use you know a master wall or a EPS, you get you get a four. You know? um, if you go to a thicker material, you know, sort of a bricks, 110 mil thick or whatever it is, um, in, in depth. If you went to above 80 mil in an EPS, you can get a R rating that actually means that you, you, there's no need to um, insulate your walls. You know, for example, because you're getting that much of a thermal rating from the from the exterior cladding, um, that um, that uh, you, you know you don't need to. If you do, you can move to a you know an eight or nine star you know, house, even towards a, you know, a passive type house. So from an energy point of view, which is I don't know about you, but you know my electricity bills and gas bills are just you know seem to keep going up and up and up. So uh, you know if I was you know personally building another house again, I you know there's no way I would I would I'd look at a brick scenario. I mean people tend to think that it's um, that it's uh, you know it's it's strong, it's structural, and it's you know and, you know you knock on it and it's solid and everything else as well. But from a 
from a living enjoyment, you know, energy efficient sort of efficiency point of view. It's it's you know, probably one of the least products that you would uh, you know you would use. Um, so, so we're talking a lightweight cladding around the ground floor, yeah, and yeah, a lightweight cladding around the top yeah, floor. Yeah, obviously yeah, typically, yeah, typically we've materials. done yeah. So you, you look at a lot of developments now where they might have a you know a, a rendered solid type look downstairs. Well, there could be you know traditionally it was brick and rendered, for example, or face brick. You know, uh, if it was rendered, then it, you know, traditionally it was brick. But now we're saying you know we would recommend there you know it's like a master ball scenario. Then upstairs it could be um, you know any one of the light you know a lightweight cladding you know in you know the James Hardy or the CSR or the WeatherTex type scenario where you've got you know a lightweight cladding you know uh, upstairs, and um, and and you get a combination of different you know different panels and different facades depending on you know your choice to create a look that is is quite modern and quite um, you know quite uh, you know quite workable, and um, and can significantly you know. Um, uh, improve the time. You know, on the projects we've been working on recently, you know, getting, you know, the, the huge shortage of bricklayers and, and, and has a consequence of that. The bricklayers are really holding everyone, you know, to, um, you know, supply and demand scenario and B, you know, not not to mention, it just, you know, on a, on, a, on a project there was four units out of 59 that had a lot of brickwork on them. Well, they were the last ones to be completed and, and basically had been, you know, sitting there waiting for, waiting for the bricklayers to come. Uh, well, that's what caused a delay of about four months of the front townhouses in our project. Yes, waiting for the brick to get the brick on and do the yes. block work. Yeah, and then you know, and then you know, when you look at brick, it's a, one of the worst. I shouldn't say this again, but it will be up front because we're competing against it in our system. But you know, it's uh, you know, for a clean up site, the mess on site, um, the OHNS issues on site, all those issues, you know, sort of are, um, are lending itself to you know why people are uh, you know really moving away. But I think the you know, I think one of the major scenarios is it's just the, the, the shortage of good quality bricklayers these days. All, all the guys that have been, you know, the baby the baby boomers are getting older and, and uh, uh, moving into these townhouses. It's not necessarily built on there. <laughs> yeah, well, I was out on an outside uh, earlier this week and there's been a bricklayer that's been pretty much on site the whole year. Yeah. He's been there about 10 months. Wow. I said to him, you must have got your post re-delivered to here by now. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, so it's, a, you know, on, on you know, decent jobs it is, you know, and... It, you know, it's slow going. You know, it's relatively slow, slow going. You know, like I mean, I know they, they can, you know, throw them in it, but you know, basically, you know, a thousand bricks a day, but it's fifty, bucks, it's fifty bricks to a square meter. So you know, it, it, it takes time, and uh, and if you, the reality now is that, um, is that you know, blocks are smaller, so houses are going double story, and you know, as soon as you go to second story, or you know, a lot of the townhouses we built at Greenbeam were three story, so you know, to be be scaffolding that and bricking that it's just you know it's massive and and, and, and expensive it's interesting you talk about uh, triple stories because yeah. uh, hasn't there been some legislative changes to enable yes. stick stick yeah uh, yeah yeah lightweight framing lightweight framing, yeah, light framing and deemed to satisfy rules I mean basically you know the lightweight you know lightweight um, you know framing guide for you know residential housing etc has normally been that um, the regulations were to eight meters you know which was to eve height so that Tend to traditionally say that you are in the double-storey housing market, you know, single or double-storey. You know, in in May of this year, they moved um, they moved it to 25 metres. So in essence, uh, to align it more to what's happening around the world, and that enables potentially uh, to build up to eight storeys in um, you know timber structures. And um, that's been um, that's been a fantastic change. It's opening up um, 
you know, in our own business, you know, we're basically we're seeing the opportunity now where we're we're doing you know three story and you know even with a project where they're talking about four story. So we see that opens us up into you know aged care developments, uh, you know potentially you know hotel motel type developments. Um, you know, medium density housing, you know, which is, you know, was traditionally two storey, it's now three storey, and now they're talking four storey, um, you know, because you can do it, you know, in the, in the light framing. Uh, and um, and uh, so that's, you know, some exciting times. I think it's, um, you know, that, you know, the change in that legislation and the change, you know, in, you know, more and more people do sort of starting to get excited about, you know, you know off site, you know, manufacture and panelisation is, um, it's you know invigorated our industry. I see you know talking to you know whether it's um, you know whether you're a Prada fabricator or a MyTech fabricator or whatever in the panelisation. Um, there even those companies seem to be invigorated by it because it's creating you know new opportunities, new products, uh, you know, an opportunity for, for growth, and um, which is historically for a long time has been the you know the concrete and steel domain. It's now you know sort of bringing back bringing back um, you know timber structures which have happened in you know Europe for. For, you know, quite some time, and um, and you know, so you're seeing you know CLT cross laminated timber you know structures and entering the market. Uh, you know, the XLAM are building their you know the cross laminated timber plant in, you know to, to develop the product here you know locally out of our local resource. So then that um, I think that'll you know excite the whole industry and, and look at you know some exciting opportunities you know, in that up to eight-storey development. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So for developers out there that are maybe thinking, oh, look, I might consider this for my next project, mm. how far out would they then start to think about talking with somebody like yourself or yeah. someone in their local state yeah. or area? Yeah. I would... The, the bottom line would be to... to um, the, the start... The earlier you start, you know, engaging, the better it is, you know? Um, I think that, um, you know, um, we've... You know, to date, with with a lot of you know early adopters, they come to us with a project and say, "Can you panelise it?" Right. So we're sort of almost a sort of bit of a rearguard or reactionary sort of thing. Okay, yes, all right, we can work this out. Yes, we can do it, and we work in, and that's that's certainly possible, and that's probably ninety percent of what we've what we've done to date. Um, an ideal scenario would be. Um, you know, with we're actually the client that we did the 59 units that they're talking about a project they've got 106 units to do in about May to July next year starting. So they want to sit with us and talk to us about you know okay what we would recommend and how we would do it before they even go to town planning. So because once you put town planning up and you put a facade and you name that that cladding or whatever it is on there, that basically needs to be what goes on there. You know? And we would say that um, we can. 90% of the time we can create that look with a product that actually works with our system rather than a, you know maybe some other product you know? um, and so there where we see you know that early engagement certainly helps but in round figures we sort of we need you know we say depending on the size of the project we need minimum of you know four to five weeks before you would be on you know, want to be on site you know rather than a builder saying well, the slab's going in next week I need something to be happening the week after you know and we've had that and we just said well you know, I'm sorry <laughs> it's a 10 unit development and you want us there in two weeks we just because we've got to design everything up front and be there you know and we try and convince them to say look it's not when we start it's when we finish is the critical point you know if, if the if the slab sat there for three or four weeks you know before we were on site but we finished completed you three months earlier most people would think that that's a good outcome but convincing the, <laughs> the builder 
when the developer, as soon as he sees a slab on the ground, he wants something to be happening. You know, just by human nature, they want, they, you know, look, we could have stick built this by now, you know, or you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, <clears throat> but we'd say that you, that you won't get the completion date. So. so we've had all those scenarios. But ideal scenario, the earlier that they engage, the better. But um, in, in, uh, in reality, you know, you know, four to six weeks, you know, would be, would be you know, what we'd require as a minimum. And time beyond that would be advantageous. But, um, so know, pre-town idea. planning is ideal. But yes. Otherwise, if it's, yes. you've already got the plans. Yeah. Yeah. If we say you know, there's some options. And, and talking pre-town planning, being able to go, you know, obviously, you know, no one wants to keep going back to their engineer or back to their architect because it always it always costs. So the earlier scenario, getting a bit of a mindset about how and what we can do and what works and what doesn't, is to take that concept to your architect and your engineer. You know, like we quite often we we then spend a lot of time engaging with the engineer on there to say that okay look you know the way you've designed this and where you've got your you know stairwells and how you've got the beam and steel structural you know with our floor system we can do this and that are you happy with that you know because we need them to sign off on it um so you know we give them a timber solution um then that 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 usually works as well so so the earlier that it's everyone's engaged in the project It'll go smoother. We sort out some problems. You know, we start people. It's traditionally they'll be. You know, a lot of the plans are left a little bit open, so that you've sort of got flexibility. But then you've got room to say, well, you know, what are you doing here? And then that normally on a normal construction site, that's thought of when you get to it. <laughs> we, you know, we're sort of saying, well, no, we'd like to think about it now because we model everything in three D, and then we build it and, and we have a look at it and we examine every component and, and all the junctions and how they go together. How how you know the joining of one townhouse to the next townhouse, or how is how is that interacting? How, how is it going? So this way. So in the ideal world, you know, the earlier that we engage, the better it would you know be for all parties. But in saying that, the real world, we work around the fact that you know here's here's a project. Okay, can we do it? And we'd say then. But when we found that and we've actually sorted it out, and we and we build, you know, usually that client. We'll come back with his next project. He'll engage earlier because he'll see that okay that we he now understands what we're talking about and the benefits of actually saying well you know we'll do this this and this rather than this. Uh, we we um, in the first project we had um, big project we had the balconies and the firewalls were all done by third parties. So we were waiting on third parties. You know they were holding up our structure on the last. 12 of the 59 unit development we did um, we said look we, we, we decided that we designed a, a balcony cassette you know, for the balcony because we were, the balconies were done by other parties and we're waiting for them to be done but you know these, these were three story uh, units had a balcony on the second floor you know that balcony was actually holding up the you know we were being you know, holding up the walls for the top story so the balcony had to go in before we could put the top story up and the balcony was being done by a third party that was inevitably always not there when it was supposed to be there or not completing when we did. So we developed a, um, you know, a, a floor cassette for that scenario, so we actually brought us back into the control scenario, so when we put our floor in, we actually dropped the balcony cassette in as well, and we could keep going straight up. And you know, those last 12 units, we had completed those last 12 units, and they were still doing finishing touches to the previous 15. So, and, you know, so it just you know, it, um, sped us up, and we're now looking at... You know, with the fire rating wall scenarios and developing a system, so we've got the fire rating on our wall panel, so it actually comes a wall panel that we drop in rather than actually put an open prefab wall in and then third party come in and do the shaft liner or the firewall system. Again, 
then that way it meant we had to build every second unit and leave the middle one out so they were coming and mm-hmm. doing both walls on the side and then come back and infill that unit. We thought, well, why can't we, why can't we develop the system and we can just keep going? You know? Speed, speed, and, and time is um, is money, and and uh, if we can do that in the factory and it's done automated, putting the, you know a, a, a cladding fire rated product on that on that wall. Um, I believe you know we can do it more efficiently than and, and quicker and hopefully you know, at least as cost effective if not more than 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 being done on site. And then so once you get to that lock up stage, then it's just the builder yes. sends all his yeah, other trades a, into that's right. Off. Yeah, we would have a scope of work saying these are what we do and this is where we get to. Um, you know, we normally at this stage because it's a roof truck, we would put the roof trusses in, waiting for the the, the roofing plumber, you know, or whatever to, to come and put the roof on. So we we need to you know the builder and ourselves need to liaise with that builder, you know, with the you know with that contractor to make sure that we're saying hey, you know. Next Thursday, you need to be there putting the roof on because then you're watertight. Yeah. Um, and um, and you know, initially, you know, um, you know, they, the builder even getting his head around the fact that look, that's going to happen so quickly. He normally thinks, well, I've got six weeks before I have to worry about the roof, so he hasn't even teed up the roofing plumber, or you know, he's got the he's got the contract that he normally uses teed up, but he doesn't, you know, realise that you know that's six or eight weeks out, and now it's all sort of no, it's um, it's next week, you know. Um, so uh, you have to get the mindset around that as well. That it actually, you know, how quick it does go um, once it's, you know, once it's rolling out. And um, but uh, usually the first one is, you know, for the builder is a is a, is a bit of a you know learning experience as well. Um, but you know they, uh, you know, they see that you know well, let's say every client we have seen would say that they've seen the you know the benefits of it and are, you know are, are quite you know wrapped in the result. And and we do the other aspect of it is you know on a larger project our system it's all built the same it's all designed the same so you get uniformity of quality you know everything you know like on a big structure site though you know like if they were con- the one that we did at Craigie Burn fifty nine units they would said they would have had probably had you know twenty five to thirty carpenters there each you know working in a team building certain units and that team would have a certain way of doing it that would have a certain way of doing it that way do it you know and you'd have different guys that are doing different you know maybe doing the different claddings you might end up with you know, three combinations, or you know, a number of combinations. Whereas um, ours, you know, um, it um, it runs and it's the same. You know, we've you know we've designed it, and once we've designed it, it's 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 repeated. You know, so so you get... oh, brings a tear to my eye, Peter, thinking that we could be <laughs> finished by now with our current development, and I could be sitting on a beach in Acapulco. But yeah. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. No. no. So, or into your next project, and yeah, exactly. um, and um, and, and um, then you could go twice a year to Acapulco. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that. So if people are interested in panelisation, mm-hmm. where would they go to find out more information? Well, well, um, well there's nothing but from, you know, from you know, fl- flying the Drew and West flag, we would say, you know, initially, you know, visit our you know, website, uh, have a look at, you know, uh, we've got a bit of gallery there of a number of projects we've done. Uh, there's some, you know, some frequently asked questions on there, um, you know, sort of scenario, you can do that, or you know, alternatively, great, or, or, or video, the favourite. There's a great yes. video on there showing yes, some video showing some projects and the time, so, you know, as I say, we're, we're talking about the time, but, you know, a picture tells a thousand words watching, you know, some of the videos. There's videos there on our website that you can go under in the product scenario and look at, you know, uh, 
um, floor cassette scenarios, you know, wall panel scenarios, or you can see a whole, um, you know, 12-unit townhouse uh, development going up in... Um, that went up in Clyde in um, southeastern you know, suburbs of Melbourne. And, um, or there's um, even, um, I think the latest video up there is on the 59-unit development over there, some pictures and things of the project there. Um, yeah, which is pretty amazing when you watch that yeah. see how quickly it got knocked up, two weeks or something to yeah, lock up. Yeah, and um, so, you know, so they are a, a good reference source to have a look. We're very proud of what we've sort of done. Um, we've come a long way in the two years from when we started doing, you know, a little single-storey, you know, coastal home that was down down the Bass Coast area, it was hidden away sort of thing. We thought we'll cut our teeth on that. But um, to now, you know, doing a 59-unit one, the client's saying, well, now he's got a 106-unit one to do, 106 triple storeys. So, you know, again, this, this, this you know, 106 triple storeys, you know, sort of thing going um, and what's the address of the that's, website? That's, that, that one, uh, our website is uh, dwtt.com.au. So, yeah, just uh, Drew and West Timber and Trust. Uh, but if you just put in, type in DWTT, it'll find it on in Google. It'll, it'll find it. Um, and um, yeah, you can go from there. And, um, and if not that, then, um, you know, our phone number's there. Give us, a, you know, give us a call. We've got, you know, a number of guys in the team that would, you know, welcome, you know, inquiries and, and, and initial discussions to talk through. And then, you know, if it goes from there, we would um, tee, up a, tee up a suitable time to, you know, to meet and discuss and, and see what we can, what we can provide and, and, and take it from there. So you're based in Victoria. That's correct. What sort of area would you just, do you well, service most of Victoria yeah, or sort of well, Melbourne? Yeah, we have. We have. We've, um... We have uh, well, you know, you know Craigie Burns, 118 kilometres from um, from Druin, but um, uh, we've, we've done projects in the southeast. We've done, you know, Craigie Burn. We've got um, one to do in Caroline Springs uh, um, early in the new year. Um, so, so because we're adding significant value, you know, the tyranny of distance is is, is not as bad as, as it otherwise would. You know, like traditionally, if you were if we had a client that was coming from, you know, way out in the northern part of, of, of Melbourne to Druin to sort of want to buy a roof truss, the first question we would normally would ask is, you know, is why you've passed, you know, um, 30 truss plants to get to us. <laughs> so, you know, you sort of think of all the other reasons of why that might be. But um, but now, um, with, you know, with, because we're sort of, we're, you know, we're pioneering it, you know, to, to a large extent, but what we have found, because we're adding... Significant value, the geographical spread and locations that we can we can go to. Um, you know, the reality is once you've got it on the truck, um, you know, going an extra 15, 20, or 50 k's is is, is not bad. But, I mean, probably the best scenario today. We have actually done a house um, that we, we sent to the Hunter Valley in New South Wales, so that was some 1,200 kilometres away. So um, uh, we probably don't want to do that as a <laughs> <laughs> as an ongoing scenario every time, but we are, you know, we're talking to a national country, uh, uh, a national uh, company that um, has got projects in, you know, uh, Victoria, South Australia, New South Wales, and Queensland, and we're, you know, we've had to price, you know, the thing, but they're looking at the benefits of standardisation, off-site manufacture, speed of construct, being able to offset, you know, the differential in those in those freight costs, you know, so um, so they're. You know, very you know, really studying that hard um, to to uh, look at that to say that okay, you know, if we can build a you know standardise that project and um, and get it completed in a very short period of time, um, maybe an extra you know several thousand dollars in the freight cost is a price that they're prepared to pay. I'm certain that it will be. Yes. Uh, yeah. 
it's a pretty exciting prospect, I think, with the time saving. So yeah. I really yeah. would encourage listeners out there, developers yeah. out there, to look into it and see yeah. if it's something that might work for them. And that is the that is the key. It's the time is the big saving, you know, and the opportunity cost of that you know that you know really or the opportunity that it presents. You know, we'd say to the builder, well, you know, if you have your time, you can build twice as many houses in a year. That, what does that do to your business or your whole business model? You know, like I mean, you know, with small, even small builders said, you know, like I'm building ten or twelve houses, but if, if I could build to twenty, I've got a very sustainable you know business at ten or twelve. You know, it, it, it's tough. Well, you know, and, and to, but to go to twenty, they normally have to increase their infrastructure quite substantially. You know, like more supervision labour, more this, more that. You know, our, we see our our business model works in with the builder to say, well. No, you don't. You know, the builder can actually, you know, your, super, your current supervisor can supervise more jobs if they actually complete quicker. Mm-hmm. So, so therefore, he becomes more efficient. And we're saying that, that, you know, and then we've had, you know, a few clients that have actually, you know, taken that and capped onto that and actually see the benefit of it. You know? um, so they haven't had to, they can grow their business without actually growing their infrastructure or their costs. Yeah. So, no, so, so we see that as thing rather than actually being hammered down with, you know, to the thing that, well, okay. You know, we might be a little bit more expensive. You know, we we, we certainly don't come at it from the, the point of view that at you know at that up to that lockup stage that we might be a little bit more expensive than the traditional build. But you know, if you've got there in weeks instead of months, you know, what is that worth to you? What's the carrying cost? The fact if you can actually complete, you know, like we did a Craigie burn, they you know in in in, in five months they, they the traditional build it was a sixteen month build. They were handing over in the first 17 units. They had people moving in in five months, and they got several million dollars back from those first units. So they actually then, not only you know, we were thinking you know six or eight months saving was about between 45 and 50 thousand dollar interest costs on a 25, 30 million dollar project. But the reality is they got six or seven million dollars back five months into the project that actually helped finance the balance of the project. Stop it, Peter! You're making my eyes water. I'm yeah, starting to get. They're all the good things. <laughs> Too emotional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thinking about the possibilities. Yeah. Um, all right, well, Peter, I've really enjoyed talking to you today, okay. and I'm very grateful to you for your time. Thank Thanks you. for being on the Property Developer Podcast. Okay, no worries. Thank you very much. Okay, there you go, folks. What an interesting conversation. I don't know about you, but I like the idea of finishing construction six months ahead of schedule. How awesome would that be? I hope that the discussion has sparked some ideas for you and got you thinking about using different techniques to complete your next project. I have been in discussion with our architect and builder about whether this may be a viable option for our next proposed development, so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. But first, we have to get our planning permit. So I took quite a few thoughts away from my conversation with Peter, including these. 1. Consider different ways to build. Have you explored different building techniques or ways to construct? There is a lot of innovation happening in the building game and also other industries that can be used to help improve the efficiency of your project. For example, I have read that Henry Ford got his idea for the assembly line from a meat packing factory, which very efficiently moved the animal carcass along a line while butchers progressively removed and packed the parts. Perhaps you can speak with your builder or designer about possible new techniques or check out industry bodies to see what is new or innovative in that sector. For example, I saw a video of a robot bricklayer just recently, which would greatly reduce the time it takes to lay bricks on a site. 2. Consider different materials. How about looking at eradicating different elements, like bricks, which can slow down the building process? Can you use a lightweight cladding rather than something else? 
There are lots of alternatives out there. So again, speak with your designer, builder or industry bodies about what options you may have. And three, is there a system solution you can use? Think about whether you can work with a panelization or prefabrication supplier to produce a product that meets your market's expectations and helps you get through the project quicker. You may be able to find a supplier that can offer a design and production package that you're happy with. There are a few alternatives to the standard building package, so do some research and see what you can find. You might just surprise yourself. Okay, that just about wraps up another episode of the show. Don't forget to find me on Instagram at Property Developer Podcast for my project photos and development videos. You can also find all the previous episodes of the show at www.propertydeveloperpodcast.com. Thanks again for listening in, and until next time, may all your projects finish a few months early. You've been listening to the Property Developer Podcast. Tune in next time for more tips, ideas, and inspiration to take your developing to the next level. For more developing love, make sure to visit propertydeveloperpodcast.com.